Happy New Year! Shoo! Listen, you know, it's a new year, new start, and um, I'm excited just for the year and um, looking forward just to see what the Lord does and uh, as we just give our lives as a congregation to Him, to bring Him honor, as our eyes are only fixed on Him, only Him and Him alone, as we seek Him together, as we find Him together, man, I pray that this year would really be just a year where our hearts are actually wrecked by His goodness. It's actually wrecked by His love. Man, and we, in return, we move His heart. That we move His heart and love Him well. And, uh, yeah, this morning, I want to preach on something, yeah, that I, it's actually something that every one of us sitting here has, should have, and uh, it's, uh, it's something that is accessible to all of us. It's something that we as Christians and as people hold dear to our hearts. It is something we can buy, believe it or not. It is something we can sell, believe it or not. It's something we can invest in, believe it or not. Something we can make money through, believe it or not. But this is actually something where we bless the Lord. And where we worship Him. And this morning, what I want to preach on this morning, the message that I felt to share with us, starting off the new year, is that of open homes. This morning I want to speak on, is our homes open? And I want to start with a story in the book of Acts, from verse 1 to 4. Uh, in Acts 18, it goes and it says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, and because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, and he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And just a bit of context, you know, we see here, Paul, the apostle, leaving the city of Athens and then going to the city of Corinth. And here he encountered this couple named Priscilla and Aquila, who were, as the Bible says, they were tent makers by trade. And they were native to Rome. And because of persecution under the Emperor Claudius, they were driven from Rome to Corinth. That was situated in Greece. And here they met and encountered the Apostle Paul. Sorry, I just want to take a sip of water. Hey? What do you? I say, Hoi man, yenang. Yeah. And there's just one part in this passage of Scripture that I would like to look at this morning that just, it stands out that when you read it, it says there in verse 3, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with him. I was like, okay, great. <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, he stayed with him. Just, just like that, he stayed with him. But the one thing, just in reading this passage of Scripture, just in going through the book of Acts, and just, and it carries on, just this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, they were not afraid to open their home. Their door was unlocked. 
It wasn't a key or like the secret code or, or knock. You can only come in if you are saved or you can only come in if we are friends. No. Here they met Paul the Apostle. And their home was open. They were not afraid to open their home. And this morning I want to look at what this means for us as a congregation. What this means for us as a church to have an open home. What it means to have an open home. Why our homes should be open. And just the significance that it holds for us as believers. The moment we open our homes to those with us in church. And I really, really believe that this is something that we as a congregation, as, as Joshua and Somerset West, if, if we take a hold of this this year, man, I think we will see the church being built like we've never seen it before. And not because of how cool we are or because of how great we are, but just because the Lord will be with us. For where unity is, He commands a blessing. Where two or three are gathered, there He is. I really believe that we will see salvations in homes. We will see people being set free, captives being set free from demons. And I really believe that we will see salvations. And we will see people being added to the church. Not just in church, but in homes. As we open our doors. As we open our homes. And I want to start off by what does this look like? What does it mean for us? And I think looking at the example that Priscilla and Aquila set, it's quite a tall order. You know, here comes this Apostle Paul, and they're like, hey, just come stay with us, you know? And it didn't even stop there. Paul didn't even just stay with him, but he worked with him. But it didn't stop there. They even financed him and some of his ministry trips. And so for those with big wallets, Man, there's so many trips I want to do this year. So now, now I'm joking. That's a naughty joke. Um, not here for the money at all. Just really. But just looking at this example that this couple set, they were just like, man, Paul, come stay with us. Just come work with us. And we want to finance your trips. And who knows, maybe there's some of us sitting here this morning. That's burning on your heart. You've got this gift of hospitality. You've got this thing burning in you where you just love hosting people. You love making people feel welcome in your home. You love cooking. You love eating. Is your home open? Is your door unlocked? And I don't think the house of Priscilla and Aquila was anything flashy or fancy. It wasn't like Freshly pressed sheets and a bellboy taking the suitcases up to the stairs in the one floor. It, it wasn't like gourmet or breakfast in bed, anything like that. I think actually what caught Paul in that moment is just this couple who were willing to open their home and open their hearts. This couple with an open, open home. And I think there might be oftentimes this fear in our hearts that, oh, is my house big enough to host people? Is my house big enough for dinner? 
Do I have a big enough dinner table? Do I have a big enough stove? Do I need three air fryers instead of one? It was Christmas. I think there's that genuine fear of just like, yo, do I have enough? Is what I have enough? And to be honest, I think for us as a newly married couple, not newly married, but two years in February, it will be two years. There is sort of that thing of like, we're sort of the young guns coming in, you know, and it's like now everything is sort of, it's, it's almost like your house is like a quilt, you know, you get a bit of a patch here and a patch there and something you get from someone there. You make secondhand look brand new, let me tell you that. And there's sort of that thing in your heart, we need to check it. It's like, man, am I inviting people to my home to feel good? Am I inviting people to my home to entertain them? Or am I inviting people to my home? Because that is what we see the early church did so many times. And am I inviting people to my home at all? And if you have that fear in your heart this morning of, man, is my house good enough? This morning, I want to say, yes, it is. Your house is perfect. Your dinner table is big enough. Your stove is big enough. Your tight budget is big enough to make people feel welcome. I can't imagine there being something such as an imperfect hosting home. I think the, imp- the only imperfect hosting home, I would say, is the one that never has any guests in it. The one where no one is invited. The one where it's always like, ah, I need to check my calendar. Or, man, can we just reschedule? I would say that for me is the only imperfect coasting home. And I think it takes so many different forms for each of us. I mean, we all have different houses. We all have different homes. Big, small, flat, round, three-story, two-story. It looks different for all of us. And it can take different forms such as inviting people over for dinner, inviting people over for games, prayer, worship, or in actual fact, just inviting someone over. Just picking up the phone and saying, don't you just want to come over? Without agenda, just without anything planned. But my prayer this morning, for us this year, is that our homes would be open to one another. That our homes would be open to one another. And recently I had a conversation with a friend and, and we just sort of spoke about friendships and, and how you almost like you, you, you become close and then as you get married, you sort of like have to work really, really hard to keep your close friendships going. And, and sort of seeing every other every other, sorry, my brain is in Afrikaans. <laughs> it's been an Afrikaans holiday. And just seeing each other every day, it sort of becomes every two weeks, then it becomes once a month, and then only it becomes every now and again. And just how quickly you can sort of in your heart feel like, man, do I actually have really close friends? Do I really have someone that I can say, okay, this is a good friend? 
And at the end of the conversation, he said something that really caught my ear. And he said, I actually don't want to think that way. I actually asked myself the question, am I being a good friend? Am I the one inviting? Am I the one initiating? Am I the one sending that message? Am I the one saying, hey, we need to have a coffee? And I want to point that to our homes. That if we maybe feel, man, I don't feel a part or uh, nobody's inviting me or maybe I live too far or maybe invite them. Invite others. Take the initiative. Doesn't have to be fancy. Take that step. And I just thought in, 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 in preparing this that there's just some people in our congregation that I would really just love to honor. Just something that I've, I've seen modeled that they do, and it's, it's Andre Henriette and um, Charles and Marion, and then so, so many others. I can really name a lot of people. But you always hear these stories of things happening at these homes. Good meals, worship, fellowship, prayer. I mean, just think of, of almost that thing in your heart, like, man, like my house is a place where God's people are welcome. Without invitation. It's a place where they are welcome. And without invitation, it's not like a, a whole pass now to go two o'clock at night and, and so on. If, if you want to, just choose your customer wisely, <laughs> who you go to. Um, yeah. And then secondly is why should our homes be open? Why should we open our homes to the church? Why should we open our homes to one another? And I asked myself, yeah, why, but why am I not starting the year off with this mushy preach of like, you know, the new year, new me, our New Year's resolutions, for some it may be New Year's solutions, all these things, you know, like I thought of titles such as that if, if I were to start like a, a New Year's resolution preach, it would be maybe 2024, the year of more, or 2024, a year to explore, uh, 2024, and I'm getting sore, um, or New Year, new problems. But man, I don't want to do that. Because I really feel that if we start as a congregation, if we start in this place, if we start in our homes, everything else will follow. It will fall into place. And if I would title my preach, it would be this. In 2024, they should be knocking on your door. Hallelujah. I'll say that again. In 2024, they should be knocking on your door. And I think it's definitely a common theme to preach that message, you know, not mine, not the 2020, the, the, the New Year's resolutions, because we want to take the heel running, we want to go for it, we want to say, yes, we're going to take a hold of the blessing, double portion, whatever it may, may be, manna, honey, everything. But why not start in our homes? Why not take a hold of all of that in our homes? Because at the end of the day, I really believe that what happens in our homes overflows into a Wednesday. And it overflows into a Sunday. 
Church doesn't start on a Wednesday. It doesn't start on a Sunday. It continues on a Wednesday. And it continues on a Sunday. But church starts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We never stop church. We never stop being the church. We never take a holiday from hospitality. And one of the first reasons why I believe we need to open our homes is we see the early church doing this very thing. And in Acts 2 verse 46, it says in the scripture, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their foods, uh, food with generous hearts. And day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts. And then earlier on in, uh, in Acts 2, in, in verse 42, that same piece of scripture, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. It wasn't just a tick box. It wasn't just something that seemed like a good idea, but it was a devotion to fellowship. They were devoted to opening their homes. And secondly, is we're encouraged to do this in Scripture. And in 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to 9, Peter writes and he says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And other translations say, be hospitable to one another. And when you look it up, the Greek for that be hospitable, translate to be fond of guests. Or actually to be given to hospitality. Imagine when people meet you, they can say, man, this person is given to hospitality. It's not just something they do. It's not just, oh, okay, great, I'm going to do this. It's my Christian duty. Imagine they can say that when you've hosted people, when you've had them over for a meal, they say, man, this person is given to hospitality. And then thirdly, as I'm going to end off with this point, there's a significance of having an open home. Because I really believe that things happen when our homes are open. Because as soon as we open our homes, we open our hearts. We open our hearts for the Lord. For what He wants to come and do. And I think it can oftentimes feel so insignificant of just inviting someone for a meal and saying, just come for a meal and sort of sitting there twiddling your thumbs and it's like, okay, what are we, what are we going to speak about? Should we maybe play a game of Uno? 30 seconds, depending on how strong your relationship is. Just, it can oftentimes feel like, ah, what are we going to do? But I almost want to say, going into it without an agenda is actually so many times the best way that friendships are formed. It's the best way conversations are started. Now, I'm not saying if you say, if, please do not say to someone, come over for a meal give knickknacks um maybe if you can if you want to please 
um, pray and consider, reconsider. But I think Scripture has shown us that there is a significance in opening your home. That there is a significance in saying, man, I want my door to be open for God's people. I want my door to be open for Him. For example, in Mark 2, we read that it was in a home where Jesus healed a paralytic man that was lowered through the roof. It was in a home. In Luke 8, we read that it was in a home where Jesus raised the daughter of a man. In Joshua 2, we read that Rahab hid the spies in her home. In Luke 7, we read, it was in a home where Jesus was anointed with costly perfume and where the life of a sinful woman was changed forever. In Luke 19, we read, it was in a home where Jesus changed the life of a man named Zacchaeus. In a home. And then lastly, in Acts 16, we read, it was in a home where a Philippian jailer was converted to Christ, him and his entire family, and they were all baptized. This all took place in homes. And the list goes on. We see Mary and Martha inviting Jesus. Martha saying, Jesus, come to my home. Jesus having his last supper with the disciples in a home. So many things take place in our homes. Why not make them church things? And I think the important thing from all of these scriptures is that someone somewhere decided to open their home. Someone somewhere said, hey, we can have the prayer meeting and the deliverance at my house. Please just come. We can have a worship evening at my house. If there's people that need a place to say, we can use our house. Somewhere someone said, man, God, I want to open my home to your people. I want to open my home to church family. And in Romans 16, verse 3 to 5, Paul writes, and he says, Greet Prisca and Aquila, or greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well, and greet also the church in their house. And if you ever feel like your coffee date with someone at your house or your meal is insignificant, you just read the scripture again, where Paul publicly commends this couple and he says, greet them, for they risked everything for me so that I can preach the gospel so that I can go to the nations I mean this couple was radical and casually Paul just said and greet the church in their home just greet the church in their home and just the significance of this couple opening up their home to him as I said it meant that he could travel It meant that he could preach the gospel. It meant deliverance. It meant salvations. It meant that people 
was coming to Christ. And in actual fact, while staying with them, Paul founded the church in Corinth. All of this because one couple in the New Testament decided to open their home. And I was just in preparing this, I thought, man, what would it look like if every couple sitting here, even the single people, if we all decided my house will be open this year for the people of the Lord. My house will be open to what God wants to do. My house will be open for spontaneity, for spiritual things. I mean, the, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead living inside of us. Imagine what it would look like if our hearts and homes are open. If we take that initiative in saying, have it at my house. Let's do our house. Let's do our house. And in ending off, I want to end off with a story. In, uh, with the 412 conference, we, we were able to host a couple from the Netherlands, Hans and Uwemi. And it was this young married couple. I think they're 21. And what a breath of fresh air this couple was to us. And we were sort of like, okay, are we going to host locally? And we said, no, let, let's just host internationally. And it's something that none of us has ever done. And so, boom, we get the couple from the Netherlands. So it's like, okay, yes, we can speak Afrikaans. Yeah, it was actually great. We were standing around the fire the one evening, brying, and he actually said, just speak Afrikaans. It's actually easier to understand. It's like, yes, great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm going to invite the, the Dutch people a lot more. And it was such an amazing time just hosting this couple, just having them in our home, just fellowshipping with them, having meals with them, praying with them, worshipping with them. I remember the last evening, it was we were sitting on the couch and and he he's a, he's a worship leader as well, and he took he took my guitar in his hand and he's just started playing and and just out of the blue he said do you guys mind if we worship together? And I was like, yeah. That was, to be honest, that was sort of like a stretch for me. And I actually afterwards felt convicted. I was like, yeah, Lord, I don't do this often enough. Worship with like only four people. Have you ever, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, it, yeah, you can, if, if, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't anything he did. It was just my own insecurity. I remember it's like he's playing and I'm, walking up and down in the kitchen that's not very big and it's just like worshipping and, and just there's just this thing in my heart where it's just like I don't do this enough and just his boldness and, and this couple just saying can we just pray and worship together and, and it ended off them praying for us and singing songs over us and, and I almost want to say that when you open your home it's not often just the people you're hosting whose lives change. I am confident that when you open your home this year, your life will be changed. You will be changed by the people you open up your home to. Even if you don't, I almost want to put it as a challenge for those of us for the 412 conference. Even if you don't go to the conference, man, I want to encourage you, host. 
Even if you don't go to the conference. Host. You never know who you might be hosting. <laughs> might be the next Billy Graham. I'm really, like it really is. You never know who you might be hosting. And you never know what you might receive from that person. As we gather together. As we dwell in unity. As, as Jesus dwells amongst us. Imagine what our Sundays would look like. That roar. When we come together. And it's not unfamiliar faces coming together. It's not a, ah, who is that person? I actually don't know them. But imagine coming together on a Sunday. Where everyone knows everyone. Where all the names are known. All the surnames. All the children's names. Where people can say, I've had them in my home. I've had a meal with them. I've cried with them. I've prayed with them. Man, this gets me excited. I want to open my home this year. I haven't asked my wife for permission, but I shouldn't have to. (laughs) But I just want to say that really our home is open this year. I'm publicly saying that our house is open this year. Please pick up the phone and say, can we come? Yeah, <laughs> this that's a true test. Yeah, as I said, But just looking back at the early church, there was no calendar or yeah. Oh, let me just quickly check my WhatsApp or can I just check with my wife or can I just quickly see like just what my diary looks like or be creative. I have an open home this year. I really, really feel for us that as a congregation, yeah, that if we start here, if we start with an open home, yeah, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Let me pray for us as we, as we finish.